0: Welcome to the Big Fellas Podcast, where we chop it up about all things past, present, and future about the game of basketball, where facts, stats, and context reign supreme. That is blasphemous. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. Always keep it real. Get ready to learn from players, coaches, and fans from all levels of the game and see the court in a brand new way. And now, fresh off the sidelines, here's your host, John Phyllis.
1: What it do, fellas, and welcome to the Big Fellas Podcast. I'm your host, J.H., coming to you from New York City, the mecca of basketball. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest coming in from Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. We have the founder of the Making Lemonade Fund, the CEO of Viber Media, and the host of the Trendsetters Podcast, and my own personal inclusion, the king of social media, Jesse K., Jesse, how are you doing, Jesse?
2: John, appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to this.
1: We got to go it in store, man. This is going to be awesome. I'm so happy. For episode two, Carmelo Anthony, the Forgotten Superstar. Everyone, stop what you're doing, please, and go follow at jesse.k11 on Instagram. He has 99 followers and needs your help to get to 100.
2: Now that it's 10 seconds after and they've paused and come back, appreciate the help to 30K.
1: Jesse, so Wait. Before we get into Mello, just I want just quickly tell us about your those three awesome initiatives and all the work you've done with the Knicks in the past.
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll start with my podcast in chronological order, but when I was a junior in high school, I started my podcast then known as the 20 Under 20s Podcast, now known as Trendsetters, interviewing successful entrepreneurs, athletes, politicians, entertainers, sort of any of that, um, and I've been super lucky to have some really cool people on. Past guests include Mark Cuban from Shark Tank and the Mavs, Jack Dorsey, who started Twitter and Square, Adam Schefter from uh, ESPN, a whole bunch of really, really cool guests, um, which I guess progressed to starting Viber Media, senior year of high school. We work with mostly pro athletes and brands on their digital and social platforms. Um, right when I was getting started there, when I interned at Steiner Sports, got to do a small project with the Knicks and Rangers, which was really cool as well. And then- Finally, uh, end of March, beginning of April, when quarantine was really getting going, I co-founded the Making Lemonade Fund, a Gen Z-led fundraiser to raise money for the CDC Foundation, Direct Relief Fund, and Feeding America. We've raised over $120,000 to date. John's been on since day one. I appreciate all your support on it. Really cool. If anyone wants to get involved in that, definitely feel free to reach out on DM at K A 11 or shoot me a text, just write LEMONADE to 201-298-9171.
1: Now that you guys know a little bit about Jesse, we're going to get into Carmelo Anthony, one of the NBA's premier bucket getters during an incredibly competitive era of NBA basketball. Starting off... Carmelo Anthony won the national championship with Syracuse in 2003, going 20, 10, and seven in the championship game and taking home most outstanding player in the tournament. His 33-point outburst in the final four, which is to date the most ever by a freshman in the tournament. The Nuggets drafted Carmelo number three overall in the famous 2003 draft, and he's currently near 17 of his career. Carmelo was selected the all-rookie first team, averaging 20 and six, and was second to LeBron in Rookie of the Year voting in one of the most historic draft classes of all time. Carmelo averaged 29 points per game by year four and appeared in his first of 10 All-Star games that year. Biggest highlights in the Nuggets included making it to the 2009 Western Conference Finals where he took the eventual NBA champion Lakers to six games. Right after that, Carmelo was traded to the Knicks right before the 2011 deadline, making Jefferson and I very happy in a three-team trade. He led the Knicks to an impressive 54-28 record the following season and set the franchise record in scoring the year after that with a career-high 62 points. Carmelo was third in the league in MVP voting in 2013, top 10 in 2010, and has been top 15 four times as a rookie in 2003, 2007, 2008, and 2014. Carmelo was named to six total All-NBA teams with two All-NBA second teams in 2010 and 2013. Internationally, Carmelo has won three gold medals for Team USA in 2008, 2012, and 2016, and a bronze medal in 2004. Carmelo is currently 17th in all-time scoring and is just 84 points away from passing Paul Pierce at the number 15 spot. Unless his averages plummet, he'll do it in the eight bubble games that are about to take place. And he's only 300 away from the number 12 spot. Carmelo has more career points than Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, and fellow New York Knicks legend Patrick Ewing, with career averages of 24 points per game and six and a half rebounds per game. Carmelo is also the USA Olympic men's national basketball team's all-time leader in scoring, rebounding, and games played. So Jesse, in terms of all the context surrounding Carmelo Anthony's career, what do you think we should touch on first?
2: I think probably the thing that stands out the most is the lack of second option he had. He was always the guy, and he rarely had a really good support staff like you see LeBron has had in his career. Obviously, they're on different levels, but Melo didn't really have a good second option for a majority of his career in New York.
1: You're right, Jesse. The biggest criticism about Carmelo Anthony's game is that he's never been a model of efficiency. He has a bunch of question marks running his defensive effort. And when, when you're talking about his supporting cast and his ability to win big games in the playoffs, he's made the, he's made 11 playoff runs and has been bounced out of the first round eight times, making the second round only twice and the conference finals one time. So, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the cast around him. We're going to get into that as to how a team could be better built around him. But still, seeing that at first glance is very uh, concerning, especially when, when it comes to his legacy, is definitely a red flag that everyone always points to. Yeah,
2: no, I think it's interesting because I think every year with Denver, when he went to the playoffs, he was five for five on getting knocked out in the first round.
1: Yep. No, yeah, he was he was five for five. And then after they treated Allen Iverson for Chauncey Billups, they won back-to-back five-game series to make the And it then Western they made Conference it to finals the finals,
2: the Western Coast, the West Coast finals, yeah.
1: Yep, right against Kobe, who ended up winning, and they, they took him farther than the Magic did. But yeah, basically, Mel just needed more teams built around like the 2009 Nuggets and the 2013 Knicks. He didn't need a, a secondary score. He just needed guys like Chauncey Billups that could play their role really well and compliment Carmelo as a scorer. Jesse, I have some really interesting what is for you. So what happens if the Pistons take Mel with the number two pick instead of Darko and don't pass on him? How is his career different?
2: I think he definitely would have gotten a ring or two, but I don't know if he would have ever turned into the star or the potential Hall of Famer that he is today because I don't think he would have stood out as much.
1: You don't think that his talent just being where it is, coupled with an increased level of defensive intensity just by being around guys like Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace?
2: Maybe if he had a second, it would be better because I, like we've said, we've never seen him with talent,
1: ever. Definitely. Jesse, another really interesting one for you. What happens if he takes Chris Bosch's role in the Miami Heat Big 3? Because he had the chance, to, and a lot of people know this, in 2006, LeBron and D. Wade told him, sign the three-year extension. There's a player option for the fourth year and you can be a free agent with us in 2010. But Mel decided to take the five-year max contract. What do you think would have happened if he listened to LeBron and and took that three-year extension?
2: He would have been part of a dynasty. I think his career would be in a totally different spot today. I think he'd be a lock, a surefire Hall of Famer and have been part of the big three. And I think they might have stuck together too because they were all homies.
1: Oh, definitely. Those guys are the three out of the four Banana Boat members. Banana Boat, yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about how Melo had two chances just by decisions to be on two dynasties because the same thing could have happened, he could have gone to Detroit, signed that same three-year extension, won a few championships, and been primed to in 2010 would make the same move that uh, D-Wade and LeBron made. And Melo would have multiple rings at this point, and there were people who questioned him as a Hall of Famer. He might have been in contention to be one of the greatest players of all time. The, the Heat might probably would have won more than two, than the two that they won, plus count like two rings with the Pistons. Melo's probably one of the greatest players of all time. Now to some more fun things. What do you wish most we could bring back about Carmelo? Hoodie Mello. Hoodie really? Mello. I, I feel the same way. Hoodie Mello was just so much fun. I, summer of 2017 when he was just posting all those videos. I just wished, I, I want to hear the
2: PA announcer at MSG yell his name again for him as a Nick. Carmelo!
1: Can you give us your best impersonation of that, Jesse? Absolutely not. Now, Jesse, what do you wish you could forget most about Carmelo's career?
2: Um, the last couple of years, it's ruined him. He's Definitely. been on like six teams over like two years.
1: It's been a rough stretch. He was a Hawk. It. He was a He was considered one of the greatest players in Hawk's history. By <laughs> Without playing
2: season. a single game.
1: <laughs> so Jesse, if you were to pick one game that you would call the Carmelo Anthony game, There's a lot to choose from. Which one do you think you would have to pick? Ooh.
2: So if I had to pick a career-defining gamer moment, I'd pick two. I'd pick number one, his NCAA tournament run. That was wild. Um, I think that sort of set him as one of the greatest college players of all time from that. And then
1: probably in 2008 when he put up 33 and a quarter, that was wild. It's funny how we were, we were just three years old when that happened. And last year in our dorm, during March Madness, we actually pulled up some of those greatest games ever. And the two of us watched that. That, that was one of the highlights that we started watching. And that tournament run was actually fantastic. I'm surprised, as you didn't mention the 62-point explosion against Charlotte. But there are just so many to pick from. There's also the 43 points he had in 2012 against the number one-seeded Bulls. I remember watching that game when he hit the game-time three to force overtime and then the game-winning three in overtime. That was all-time clutch performance. And those games really stick out to me, but I, I think I'd have to go with game two in 2011, where with an injured Chauncey Billups and a hurt Amari Stoudemire, Mello went off for 42, 17, six and two. The Knicks ended up losing that game and the series to the Boston Celtics. But I mean, what a great performance against an all-time great Celtics team. We normally we don't go into our opinions much, but this is just laying out facts about why isn't Carmelo Anthony considered by most a surefire hall of Famer, And why should he be? It's the Naismith Memorial basketball hall of fame. And if it was the NBA Hall of Fame, he's a, obviously a rightful Hall of Fame candidate, but when you consider his basketball career with what he did in college and Team USA, he has a surefire case to be inducted into the Hall of Fame the moment he's eligible.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's been a scoring champ. How many All-Star games? He's been in 10
1: All-Star games still lock for the Hall of Fame. Everyone that's won a scoring champ has been in the Hall of Fame, as well as everyone that's made it to 10 All-Star games. And... Melo's also, he's definitely, he's 17th right now, but he's going to get to 15 by the end of this year. And likely at the, the start of next season, he'll get to the top 12 and maybe even past that if he keeps on playing. When you're just looking at that perspective, I can't imagine someone that's even in the top 30, top 20 in points scored to not make the Hall of Fame let alone like what Melo's doing.
2: Yeah, I'd be shocked.
1: Guys who combine talent with longevity to score that many points, quite frankly, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Last question for you, Jesse. Do you think Carmelo played in the right era? Was he too early, too late, or just right?
2: I think he's a little bit late. Wait, what do you think he would have been fit best? I think he would have fit best probably in the 2000s um, or even ear- – yeah, earlier in the 2000s I think would have been his prime. So had he been drafted he hit, like, in the late 90s? If he hit his prime in like started in
1: the 90s like on Kobe's trajectory. Okay, got you. So drafted late 90s, becomes a superstar. Hits his prime in like
2: 2002 and yep. then finishes his career early
1: 2012 definitely that would definitely would have been probably just the way the game was played back then it would have been much more suitable for his mid-range game as we all know fellas all good choppers must come to an end that's all for today's episode special thanks to jesse for coming on today i know i loved every second of it and i hope you fellas enjoyed it too
2: no i appreciate having me on today john this was a lot of fun and i'm really excited that you got this going and pumped to support it
1: Thank you so much, Jesse. Guys, make sure to follow Jesse on Instagram. Follow the Trendsetters Podcast. Listen to the Trendsetters Podcast. Listen to this podcast. Until next time, guys, peace.
0: Thanks for listening to the Big Fellas Podcast. Check us out on all major social media platforms at Big Fellas Pod to join the chop up. You can also listen to us on every podcast platform on the planet. Stay tuned for the next episode, Big Fellas.